0: The Fourth Wall, Episode 18, David Schwartz. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek. And today we're talking to composer David Schwartz, who you may not recognize his name right away, but you would definitely recognize his music if you heard it. He's known for his very first gig uh, writing the theme song and subsequently the music for Northern Exposure back in the day. But more contemporarily, he is known for the iconic theme to Arrested Development and the increasingly recognizable theme for The Good Place and all the music therein, which has a lot of very distinctive character to it. And he is writing the score for the final season of Veep this year as well. So we talked to him about his career and how he came up with some of these wonderfully catchy tunes that we associate with some of our favorite television programs. So here's our discussion with David Schwartz about mostly The Good Place, Arrested Development, and Northern Exposure. Welcome to the podcast, David.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: And I want to start off with the the very beginning because I, I was a huge, huge fan of Northern Exposure. I was in college when it came out, and I was definitely the target audience at the time. And that big theme that most people point to is one of your first experiences, correct? Uh,
1: it's my very first composition for television. Before that, I'd only done... A tiny little film that didn't make it out, uh, but it directly led to that uh, as the producers of non expression had gone through a lot of known composers. They weren't finding what they were looking for. And Cheryl Block, who was a co-producer at the time, called me and said, oh, we've tried everybody. you want to give a shot at this? And she had heard that little film. She was friends with the filmmaker, of the little film called Skeeter's Wings. And at that moment that's when I decided having done that little film, Oh, this is really what I want to do. You know, I had been a bass player, I had been a producer. I hadn't been much of a writer at all. In fact, you know, it was rare that I, you know, wrote or co-wrote a song with someone for one of the bands I was in, but I had played in almost every type of music, you know, genre that you can imagine orchestras, jazz bands, country, Western, R&B bands, pretty much the gamut there. And, uh, that turned out to be a big advantage, certainly for a show like *Northern exposure that had such wide taste in music. And um, all the producers of that show had incredible suggestions, and we didn't know that the music should be the same every episode. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we just sort of did it different every episode. Anyway, so I got that call, and they liked my theme. There, were, there was a, At the time, there was this great David Byrne song, I think called This Old Town, that was competing for it, and I just figured, well... He's got a famous song. He's David Byrne at the very height of his popularity. Uh, I wonder if I can get in the room with it. And I did. And uh, I guess my tune uh, just did the earworm thing that, you know, I really, like, I can't understand how I wrote that piece Um, (laughs) because I didn't know how to do it, you know, and I couldn't write something quite like it now. And, you know, I could probably count on two hands the amount of pieces that, you know, I wouldn't want to change later on and then. I I feel are just right the way they are. And that was one of them. I worked so hard on it. And, uh, I, you, you also get lucky. It's just like when you create a TV show in itself, that somehow you find the right cast under pressure and a deadline and I found the right cast to play it. And, you know, I was shocked when they told me we're using your theme and I didn't even, I was so naive at the time. I didn't realize that that meant I was doing the show, which it doesn't have to, I guess maybe it wasn't naivety, but the, <laughs> but you know, say, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And I didn't really know what they were talking about. And I didn't <laughs> know how to do that. So, uh, you know, the next seven years were pretty much panicking, trying to catch up <laughs> to the show, but they were very nice and they're still friends. And some of them I get to work with. And, um, it was an unusual point in time that show. And it, it's interesting that you thought it was, you know, you were the target, but you know, people of all ages, you know, people older than me, people much younger than me, uh, thought they were the target. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the, I think it, you know, look at the cast of the show. It had people of every age, didn't have kids in the show, but, uh, I think Ed was probably the youngest cast member. And, uh, it was really an interesting show that didn't, fit into any of the boxes at the time it wasn't a broad comedy it wasn't uh, a dark drama and uh now there's all these great shows whether it's game of thrones or homeland or you know going back to sopranos most of them are pretty dark and hard to watch and then go to sleep late at night and northern exposure wasn't soft but it was a place where you wanted to be and i think you felt good after watching that john there's not a lot like that oh the good places, but, (laughs) 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 and it's certainly not, you know, I mean, Arrested Development is darker humor, Veep, which I did this year is a really dark humor. So I'm probably answering too many questions at once, but does that get us (laughs)
0: started? Yeah, definitely. Especially since I don't know if you would agree with me on this, but I still sense a commonality between a, a theme like Northern Exposure, which has that wonderful harmonica and accordion mix. And it's just the, Simplicity of just a few instruments that you wouldn't necessarily picture together, and the same thing was true for Arrested Development, where you had the ukulele, which was before ukuleles were cool, right, and then a little Wurlitzer-style organ too, which you would never we picture had a together.
1: Cork but- the ukulele is cool. <laughs> that's 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 quite
0: a task. <laughs> It's like bow ties are cool. That kind of cool.
1: Can you remember uh, when, like what well, was before Northern Exposure, there was a thing like use an accordion, go to jail, like a bumper sticker. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. among musicians. And, uh, and I don't think the uke was any hipper and I, I can't claim credit for that in any way. It was just sort of in the zeitgeist that it was happening in the world. And, uh, you know, I think the accordion itself, like Josh Brand who created the show, we had a conversation about it and because, I, you know, before I started to write, we had a conversation and I said, you know, I've been looking, I haven't found, you know, a lot of tonal music that comes out of the native tribes of Alaska. And it was mostly rhythm games and vocal chanting, all cool stuff, but it didn't seem like it was going to be the music of the show. And he said, just go the opposite. And I think both he and I were listening to a lot of New Orleans and Latin music. And it was a time that world music was really blooming. And I, think, oh, you know, I see. Yeah. That that brought that thing together and it was me just being desperate i couldn't think of what else (laughs) would work with a trumpet it certainly wouldn't work with a saxophone it wasn't a string section show so by elimination and i wanted very much the chromatic harmonica
0: yes yes
1: it's very different than a blues harmonica both incredible instruments i can play the blues harmonica a little bit to get by but to find someone then, who was great on the chromatic harmony? Even now, there's, there's just not
0: Stevie Wonder. That's about it.
1: <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted the sound that was more like Stevie Wonder, and I had a terrible time finding a harmonica player. And then I remember a friend of mine who who had an R and B record, and had a and there was some harmonica player on there chromatic, and it sounded like Stevie. And I said, "Who is that?" He said, "Tolak Olstead." And I said, "Great." And Tolak came in and. You know, you always talk before you hit the record button, so we're getting to know each other a little bit. And I said, "Where are you from?" And he said, "Well, originally Alaska." And I knew at that point Fate. <laughs> that it was going to happen. Um, so, so that was pretty great. And uh, you know, the show was an incredible education for me, an incredible amount of fun, and pressure at the same time.
0: Tell, tell me a little bit about the uh, combination for Arrested Development, because there's a lot of random background sounds along with the ukulele, the the very right. recognizable theme. Oh. Can you break down what went into that?
1: Oh, so much. And I couldn't even hear that. It sounded wrong to me until it was like on the air three times. It was so um, busy to me. And I'm always looking for a way for clarity. And, and you know, I, I kept on telling Mitch Hurwitz who I love and, and uh, I said, "Well, I'm going to take a few things out of there. There's no add more
0: <laughs> slide whistle." <laughs> because, Come on.
1: Your friend Jimmy will he whistle on it? So I just <laughs> that line was in there. I can't remember what was playing it, but we we cha- traded that to uh, a whistling line, yeah. and that worked out great. But you know, there's accidents and everything, and and um, I had been right before arrested started, I've been working really hard and it was, uh, my anniversary with my wife and we went to Bora Bora. And, um, the first night there at the hotel, we walked to dinner and walked past the bar and I heard that sound of it's a Tahitian ukulele. It's not a Hawaiian ukulele and it's sort of sounds sometimes more like a banjo. Um, It looks like an electric guitar, even though it's an acoustic instrument with a small sound hole on the back. So, if you're playing it, the sound hole is firing right into your belly. And it's loud as hell. That's what really caught my attention. And there was a Uke trio in the bar of this hotel in Bora Bora. And a guy was, well, let's just say he was a big, big Polynesian man. And he was playing this thing, and it was up against his stomach. And I was fascinated. So, we waited till they took a break. And, uh, I asked the guy, where can I get one? And he he basically said, well, I'll bring you one tomorrow and you can pay me. And I said, great. And that happened like every night. There was another reason why, you know, the fishing boat was broken he had to go (laughs) take care of his mother. And we were only there for five nights. It was like, you know, we're going away from our kids and we had to go quick and come back quick. And anyway, on the last night, I said, don't worry about it. You know, I'll find one somehow. And he says, no, no, tomorrow, you know, meet me at 9am at the boat and uh, we'll do it. And uh, we did. And he uh, took us to a small house and there were two, I guess they were the daughters of the ukulele maker. They were in their twenties and they were playing ping pong in a table. That was like two feet by four feet. It was a very surreal scene. (laughs) They were very intensely, you know, I mean, they weren't kids; they were well into their twenties, and they were playing. And we interrupted their ping pong game and said that we had come for the ukulele. And they said, "Oh yes, our dad's fishing, but you know, he left it for you." And it was a unique moment because I realized, like, whatever they charged me, I had to buy. (laughs) (laughs) And it was beautiful. It was like a—it's very simple. One, a lot of them have like, like almost totem pole-like carvings on them, but mine. It's just simple, and I, I fell in love with it, and it was a super reasonable price. Anyway, so that's the story of that. Uh, and no, Oh, well, that's not the whole story, because I just bought that <laughs> on a trip, and I figured somehow this would be a useful instrument. It's so different. And um, while we were working on the pilot of Resta Development, which I think if you listen to the pilot now, the music is different than most of the rest of the episode we hadn't really found it yet and someone from fox called up and says "Uh, mitch needs a logo he's going to have a a logo at the end of the show like most producers who are showrunners and uh, can you write something that's one and a half seconds long so we used that and i handed it to um my still guitarist and the greatest studio musician i know george deering and uh, he just came up with this little lick uh, based on my idea. And Mitch called up an hour later. He says, I love my logo. He says, let's use that all over the show. (laughs) So (laughs) that became a big thing. And uh, that was also another show that we didn't write the main title until the third episode. Nothing to do with my schedule, but just they couldn't get around to getting a main title house and a video together. And Mitch had a million things to deal with. And he said, no, we'll just bring the main title in on the third show. And maybe it aired on the second. I know it didn't on the first. And, uh, in fact, you know, when the show was nominated for Emmys, they usually play the theme mm-hmm. for the first two years, the Emmys, and I don't know why I didn't correct it after the first year, they played the first cue of the show, which is sort of like a swing cue because they didn't see there was a main title in there. So they just <laughs> assumed the Emmy orchestrator, whoever takes these things down, you know, each show comes up, they play the theme of the Simpsons or whoever it was at the time and uh, mine was that and people would ask me, why are they playing that? <laughs> 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 I just thought it was funny and, and the third year I said, no, it's this and they go like, yeah, we figured something was wrong there but anyway. So uh, yeah, Rest of Development always is on its own schedule that doesn't really play by some of the rules that other shows do. I mean, now we've done five seasons over like 17 years or something <laughs> like
0: that. Yeah, definitely does not follow the rules. That's not usual, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, with The Good Place, which is definitely one of my favorite shows currently airing, you still have that David Schwartz style because you've got the, the oboe. My daughter plays the oboe, so I love pointing out oh. to her. She's just starting out in, in sixth grade doing it. And then you've got this very sweet heavenly bell sound that starts it all off. Do you, do you ever really get deep with the symbolism and start analyzing what different instruments mean to the themes of the show that way?
1: You know, I don't think I think that way at all. You know, um, like I'm not even thinking, what does this music mean? Uh I try to do more. I kind of write the music and then I look at it. You know, that's the way, like, I don't want to start analyzing it in any way. So it just sort of comes from what I'm feeling and putting my hands down on an instrument. And then I, I think that way. But that's interesting. Um, you know, I wish we could use more oboe in it when I wrote it. Uh, I was thinking of Chris Blath, who plays the oboe in it, and is a wonderful oboe player and plays lots of other instruments. And I said, this will be great, Chris. We'll do it all the time. But it's a rarity. It op- occupies a different space against dialogue. Yeah. And the good place, uh, which is in front of me right now, is, you know, all about the dialogue. And I think it does have some relation, you know, whatever your shows are, they're going to have some relation to, to each other because it's coming from one musical mind. But again, not a bragging thing. It's something I think about, like, you know, people says, this sounds like you. And well, I think it sounds totally different. And that's my goal. And one goal in the good place. And it was one thing that they wanted too, was a very limited palette and a set sound. They didn't say it in those many words, but they wanted it to have its own musical universe where The other two shows we mentioned did, but also included the whole universe. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It it feels like it's uh, small. In fact, the character themes, I would say, also fit into that vein uh, where, you know, the bells still come back a little bit. But other than that, it's just a few instruments, right?
1: Right. But But through the whole show, maybe there's 30 instruments that get used. And I tried to stretch it, but sometimes stretching doesn't work and I go, what's that? You know, <laughs> I'll say something I tried, I'll revert. But whereas Arrested Development had old jazz, new jazz, heavy metal songs, every kind of music in the world. Uh, and I don't think I prefer one over the other. You know, they're just a totally different way of looking at it. If I had that kind of moment in the good place, I couldn't use funky wah-wah guitar
0: oh, I or horns horn
1: yeah. It just hasn't happened. And uh, in the episode, I can't talk about now that I'm doing it. This this couple of, well, it's really source music, so it's not a big change. I just, I'm helping out with some of the source music on this episode. Uh, But The Good Place is very special and very special to me. And the people that we get to work with, it's unusual. You know, I mean, I've been lucky to work with lots of nice and inspiring people who I've become friends with. But The Good Place, I don't know, I think, you know, coming from Mike Share down, everyone tries to be a better person, and maybe it's worth trying to follow way of the show but and it's certainly not an easy thing to do but it makes you think about that a lot while you're doing it
0: well in that sense you've mentioned in other interviews that both Mitch Hurwitz and Michael Schur had a real ear for music and whether a cue was going to work or not is that something you try not to take for granted in your career because I assume that's not always the case
1: uh right and and some people wouldn't like that but I find it incredible benefit you know And, and Mike when I met him, said, well, we don't really have music in our shows because he'd been working on The Office and Parks and shows that are, you know, in that docudrama comedy kind of thing. You know, they had this realism that didn't include music happening from nowhere. So he said, well, we don't know what we're going to do with it. You know, we probably won't say much about it. It's not going to be a big thing. But that changed. And I realized that although Mike was sort of playing down his knowledge of music, he was passionate about a lot of kinds of music and uh, became passionate about our music. Mitch, you know, I was always very musical when I met him doing the last season of the John Larroquette show. I think he came to my studio and I could see he could play instruments. It was just endlessly curious. They're very different, but to have people who get music and love music and know something about music can only help, in my opinion. Uh, I once had a producer on a show. The show didn't even go, so I can't remember what it was called. But we were working and I was a long queue and about a minute into it I could see his face changing and then he said to me, uh, Yeah, I was really liking it, but when you went to the A minor six chord it just lost <laughs> and, and I wasn't expecting that. And then like an hour later I said, I'm still thinking about you knowing that was an A minor <laughs> he was right, you know, and uh that that was going a little far, but you know, I think it was, maybe it was showing off a little bit. But and I don't think it's that unusual to have really musical people, you know. I, I think the two things go together you know i love photography so i there's parts of me that i would like to be creative in a visual mode and and the fact that some of them make music themselves i think is incredible
0: yeah it goes with the territory now just to end things up here uh i know you can't say much about the good place season four but where would you say the coming season will be taking us musically is it new territory or are we or are we coming full circle
1: it's maybe a little bit of both, you know, I can't really talk about it. Don't be surprised. (laughs) surprised And I haven't seen, you know, I only, you know, it's on a need to know basis. So I know things that involve me at this point, but it's great. I can say that, you know, the, the the one, what I know about it is is fantastic. And that's probably even saying too much from their standpoint. (laughs) But, uh, Look for surprises, that's all I can say
0: there. All right, well, great. Well, thanks so much for talking to us today, David. We really enjoy all of your work and are looking forward to A Good Place Season 4.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope we uh, get to meet.
0: Okay, and I'll tell you, when I started this interview, I had no idea that David was going to be such a great storyteller. I really loved his story about how he got the ukulele that was used in the theme song for Arrested Development that uh, had a lot of uh, fun elements to it. And David really has had an illustrious career and we look forward to hearing more of his music in a lot of different TV shows here to come as Arrested Development and The Good Place wrap up and Veep as well. So I'm sure he's got a lot of new work ahead of him, but that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Come back in two weeks for the next edition of the podcast when we'll break through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Michael R, and you can follow me at Mike sci-fi Find more content at DenofGeek.com, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time beyond the fourth wall.